Today's topic is a matter of the heart, a matter of the heart. This is where it starts right here. I want to open up by saying this few words here right at the top. You can follow along here. The new birth experience is the most profound life-changing experience in the world. The change in the life of the believer by repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost is a total transformation. Do I have a witness in here? You are born again of water and of the spirit. You are not born into the apostolic church. Okay. This is important for everyone to understand. You are not born into a denomination. All right. You're not born into the apostolic church. You are born into the kingdom of God. If you don't get that part right there, you're going to miss this entire lesson. The opening statements is the most important thing that you must understand. That we are born again into the kingdom of God. That we are kingdom people and we must be a kingdom church. We are not a denomination church. When we go to heaven, it won't be this denomination over here, that denomination over there, this denomination over here. No, it's all about the kingdom of God. All right? Okay, so let's dig a little deeper here then, all right? The term apostolic is a denomination that is made by man. To be an apostolic means you are a believer in Jesus Christ. You are a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be an apostolic. The word apostolic comes from the word apostle now. The apostles were believers, followers, and teachers of the complete gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we call ourselves apostolic. That's the only reason why we call ourselves apostolic. is because the apostles were believers, they were followers, and they were teachers of Jesus Christ. We need to be believers, followers, and teachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's why we call ourselves apostolic. Now listen to what Paul said, though, about his call to be an apostle, or in other words, his call to be apostolic. Paul says this in Romans 1 and 1. Paul, a servant. First of all, that's important right there. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Called to be an apostle. Separated unto the gospel of God. So Paul says, I'm a servant to Jesus. So if we want to be apostolic, we must be a servant to Jesus Christ. All right? What he does and what he tells us to do, that's what we are to obey and then we are separated unto the gospel of God that means we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine if the bible doesn't say it then we don't follow it but if the bible instructs it then we follow it okay the organization there's all kinds of organizations out there the organization of the UPC or any other apostolic Pentecostal organization is not the only ones going to heaven. So get that out of your mind. Only certain organizations are going to go to heaven. Okay? 
It's, it's, just, it's just not true. Okay? There's people all over this world that have no idea what an organization is, but they've obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I wish at some point we would forget about organizations and just come together and just preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right. Those that make it to heaven are those that have obeyed the gospel. That's who's going to heaven. Those that obey the gospel. Look what the Bible says. In Mark chapter 1, starting at verse number 14, it says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching, what? The gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. He says, Repent ye, and do what? Believe the gospel. He didn't say join an organization. He didn't say go start a denomination. He says, repent and believe the gospel. Second Thessalonians chapter one, starting at verse number seven, look what it says. And to you who are troubled, I need you to rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. How many know Jesus is returning? It says in flaming fire. Look what he's doing. Taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So who's going to make it to heaven? Those that have not only obeyed in the gospel, or excuse me, not only believed in the gospel, but who have also obeyed the gospel. So you can't just believe in the gospel, you must be obedient to the gospel. So here are the four keys to obeying the gospel. The first one is you must repent. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that how many? All should come to repentance. Acts chapter 17, verse number 30 says, in the times of his of this ignorance God winked at but now he commandeth all men everywhere to do what to repent I'm thankful that the Lord uh, excused some of my behavior mm -hmm. because I, 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 if the Lord wouldn't excuse some of our behavior we wouldn't be here right now uh-huh but but see now now it notice the bible says there was a time that means that time is over there was a time when god he looked past the ignorance he winked at it but now he's saying i'm not going to overlook it you've got to repent repentance is important then as part of the gospel then it doesn't stop there those that are baptized in the name of jesus christ acts chapter 8 verse number 15 says who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost for as yet he was fallen upon none of them so this scripture confirms that the Holy Ghost is something that you receive only they were baptized how in the name of the Lord Jesus Acts chapter 19 verse number 5 says when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Acts 2.38 says, then Peter said unto them, repent. There's that word repent again. And be baptized. How many of you? 
every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mark 16, 16 says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So repentance is a key. Baptism is a key in the name of Jesus Christ. Those that receive the Holy Ghost and speaking with tongues confirms the Holy Ghost. The Bible says this in Romans chapter number eight, one of the scriptures here, verse number nine, it says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. For so be that the spirit of God, where does it dwell? In you. Not if any man have not the spirit of Christ, look at this, he is what? None of his. You cannot be considered a child of God unless you have the spirit in you. The scripture says if you don't have the spirit in you, you're not any of his. That's not Eddie Robinson talking. That's the Bible talking. John chapter 3 verse number 5. Look what it says. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he can do what? He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Remember, we're talking about the kingdom of God, not a church. We're talking about the kingdom of God, not an organization. We're talking about the kingdom of God, and that should be your purpose, to get into the kingdom of God. Not to join a church or a religion or whatever the case may be. No, I want to be in the kingdom of God. Now, Lord, send me to a place that helps me to get into the kingdom of God. That should be the desire of every believer everywhere. Send me to a church where they teach how to get into the kingdom of God. Because it's sad to say that every church is not teaching how to get into the kingdom of God. They're good at teaching membership. They're good at teaching collecting offerings. They're good at teaching doing all this other stuff. But I want to know how to get into the kingdom of God. He says you got to be born of water and a spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. But look what Acts 2 and 4 says. It confirms that tongues confirms the Holy Ghost. And Acts 2 4 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they did what? Began to speak with other tongues. As how the spirit gave them the utterance, not as someone told them to do it, but as the spirit gave them the utterance. Acts chapter 10, starting at verse number 46, this text confirms that you can speak with tongues before you are baptized. The Bible says in verse number 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Hold on now. Listen to this. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received what? The Holy Ghost as we did. So the scripture is confirming that when they heard the tongues, it was evident, it was confirmation that they had the Holy Ghost. So there's no other evidence that they had the Holy Ghost in this particular setting until they heard them speak in another tongue. So there was confirmation there. And I'm telling you, tongues is a confirmation of the spirit dwelling on the inside of you. All right? So that's why he said, well, we need to baptize y'all. Why? Because Jesus said in John 3, 5, that you must be born again of water and the spirit. So it takes both or you cannot get into the kingdom of God.
Paul in 1 Corinthians, many people read 1 Corinthians chapters 11, 12, and 13, and many of them say, well, Paul was speaking of that tongues will cease, and, and, and you don't have to speak in tongues, and there must be an interpreter of those tongues. And, and so we must understand that Paul was speaking to a group of people that had already been baptized and filled with God's Spirit. They were people that had already spoken in tongues initially, they had already been born again of the water and the spirit. How do you know that, preacher? Because Paul started the church in Corinth. He's the one writing the letter to the Corinthian church and giving them understanding. And look what Paul says. If he wanted tongues to cease, then why would Paul say these words? I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. So it's important to do have those keys. Repentance, baptism, and then filling of God's spirit. But life doesn't stop. That's why we call it being born again. Life continues. Now there's a lifestyle that you have to live. Now there's a lifestyle that must be appropriate unto the Lord. And that lifestyle is a lifestyle of someone say holiness. We must remain holy. Those that remain holy. Look what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 12 verse number 14. He says follow peace with all men. And holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. I would like for everyone to lift your hand if you're ready to see God just do something spectacular within this church, within this city, to where people from all over north, south, east, and west will just come to God. They'll just come to Christ. They'll just come running to him. Now, 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 now I see... Just about everyone lifted their hand. In order for that to take place, we must follow peace with all men. Now, I could take a while and teach on this, but I just want to teach and talk for maybe 30 seconds because you can't choose who you want to click up with and ignore these people over on this side and say that you want great revival to happen from everywhere. So tell me why then can people come into this church and not feel included because you don't want to include them because you waiting on them to talk to you when you're supposed to be the child of God and you should be going to them first and talking to them. Why not you include, do y'all hear me everywhere in this church? Do you hear me back in the sound booth? Do y'all hear me back there in the sound booth as well? Okay, all right. I need everybody to hear me right now, no matter where you are. Do you hear me right now? Okay, everybody just needs to pause because it's important that you include everybody, no matter who they look like, no matter where they come from, no matter if they're looking at you sideways. If they're looking at you sideways, then get in front of their face so they ain't looking at you sideways no more. Just look at them face to face. But you need to learn how to talk to people and include people, no matter how they treat you, but I'm still going to love you. The Bible says it instructs us to follow peace with all men. You can't help other people if they don't want to have peace with you, but I'm going to have peace with you because that's what the Lord instructed. Okay? So, so, so that's important. We must follow peace with all men and holiness. All right? Why? Because you won't see the Lord. <laughs> if God says I'm not going to see him unless I got peace with all people, I wonder if we should just take up an altar call right here and say, Lord, if there's any alt in me against anybody, maybe we need to come pray right now and say, Lord, get that out of me. 
if there's anything in me that's causing me to not talk to my brother or my sister, causing me to divide, maybe I need to get that out of me because I want to see you. Because if I've got a situation against my brother, God says, you're not going to see me. Because how can you say you love me who you have not seen, but you, but you hate your brother who you have seen? You can't say you love God, but don't love your brothers. Right? He, he, he said, you got to have peace with all men and holiness. All right? So you got to remain holy. You, 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 you've been baptized. You've spoken tongues. And, hey, that's great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. But you better live right. You better treat people right. Okay? James 1.27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and willows in their affliction. And to keep himself, what? Unspotted from the world. Unspotted from the world. That means there should be nothing that I'm doing that will cause you to think or even question that I'm a part of the world. There, there, should, be nothing, there should be no blurring of the lines that I'm a part of the world. No, I, I want to be completely separate from the world. So anything that is going on that is worldly, I don't even want to be a part of it. Why? Because I've got a new heart. Now, my old heart, yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to be a part of it. But when God gave me a new heart, now I don't want to be associated with anything that's worldly. So, so homecoming dances, we don't go to those things because there's worldly music there. Prom, we don't go there because there's worldly music there. It's, it's beyond more than just an event or something that you just think, well, I just want to experience this. I just want to do it. it. Don't worry about it, Pastor. I'm not dancing. No, I don't care if you don't shake your bottom one time. It's the influence and the atmosphere that you're allowing to get into your system and you're becoming spotted in the world. I don't care for what kind of school dance it is or whatever the case may be. Uh-uh. We separate ourselves from the world. If you have a new heart. I'm teaching the people that, that have a new heart and you want to have a new heart and you want to live unspotted from the world. Right? That's, that's what the scripture is trying to help us to understand. So anything that associates with the world, I shouldn't even want to have anything to do with it. Okay? So, so that is so important to understand and, and that we need to teach in every home. And that we need to get this down in our spirit. Because there's been some, I remember when I, first, when I first came here, and I think I either I wasn't the pastor, I just became the pastor, and we had young people, they were just going to prom and going to dances. I said, man, something must have changed in this church because I, 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 don't, I don't think that was something that was just okay to do, but maybe those homes were okay with it. But I'm telling you, your home should not be okay with that. Your, your home should not be okay with that. You should be teaching your children, no, my friend, you want to be unspotted from the world. You should want to pull away from the things that are in the world and have a heart that is holy unto the Lord. All right? So here's what's important, and here's a, a question that you must be able to answer. And this is very important. What happens when I make a mistake after I have been born again of water and of spirit? What happens? Because a lot of people come into Christ, give their life to the Lord, and then they make a mistake. And then they feel like, well, what do I do now? 
what do I, what, 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 what do, I do now? I, I don't know what to do. The Bible teaches us. Okay. This scripture in 1 John chapter number 1, verse number 9. This scripture is important to understand while you're striving to live right. Why? Because even when you make a mistake from time to time, John is writing here to the church. He's writing to those that have already been born again. First John, the, the, the writer here, John, is writing to the church. He says, if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from how many? All unrighteousness. He should cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All you have to do is confess your sin. That's it. You don't have to be rebaptized over again. You don't have to be rebaptized. You've been baptized once. That's fine. His blood still works. His blood still powerful. It still covers your life. We just confess our sins and say, Lord, forgive me and help me that I don't go back to that same way. That's what he teaches. All right. So let's take a closer look then at Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 14. Having peace with all men and holiness, or you will not see the Lord. If something is that important, it is essential that we know what it is and how to incorporate it into our lives. By the process of the new birth, my spirit now belongs to God and my body belongs to God. The ownership of my life has now changed and I no longer live to and for myself. I now belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You do not belong to SCC. You do not belong to this church. You attend this church. All right? You don't belong to an organization. You belong to Jesus Christ. And you are to live in a manner that brings glory to Jesus Christ. And we bring glory to Jesus in our body and in our spirit. So that part right there, you need to underline, highlight, circle, whatever you need to do, because that is important for you to understand. Because there's a lot of people that live their life according to the church. And when, you're, when you live your life according to what the church does or says, then your heart is not right with him. You should live your life according to what Jesus says, according to his word, so that no matter where you go or where you move to, if God was to take you somewhere else, you're still going to live a life that's pleasing unto the Lord according to his scripture. Okay? And your lifestyle won't change according to your demographic location. But your lifestyle will remain the same. Why? Because I'm in love with Jesus. And, and I want to live for Jesus. Are you here? I'm saying if I move to Alaska, I'm still going to be the same because I believe God's word is the same in Alaska. His word doesn't change based on if you move to Illinois or if you go to Louisiana, maybe Texas, but we'll talk about that later. It doesn't matter where you go. God's word is the same. So when you have that type of mindset and not alter based on the church location, but you, the only way you'll alter it if God tells you to alter. All right? But it's according to his word. Okay? So the Bible says in Genesis chapter number three, it's important for us to understand modesty. Okay? Genesis chapter number three, starting at verse number seven, the Bible says, and the eyes of them both were open. Who is he speaking about? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had just eaten of the fruit, and now their eyes are open because they have committed this sin. And the Bible says, and that they knew that they were naked now, and they sewed fig leaves together and made them aprons. It says here that the apron is translated as a belt for the waist. So simply they side, 
uh, sewed some, some leaves together, some little vine branches, if you will, some leaves, and they covered their loin part. They covered this part of their body. So they covered their private parts in their loin section or their belt or their waist section. Okay, that's what they did when they realized that they were naked. The Bible says in verse number 21, unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Coats of skin is translated a coat garment or a robe. So this right here teaches us that from the beginning, God was teaching everyone modesty. That it was not enough for you just to be covering just one area of your little body, the private part. No, you got to cover everything up because that's not enough covering. So from the beginning, God was teaching us that it's important not to reveal ourselves to everybody. That's what the Bible teaches us. That's not a church made up rule. That is a God thing. It's not an organizational rule. It's a God thing. It's a biblical thing. And so it's important for us to understand that God was trying to get us to cover yourselves because what you just did wasn't enough. That Covering that little private part with those little leaves ain't going to be enough. We need to cover you up a little bit more so that you're covered. All right? And so Jesus was teaching that principle that we should be covered and notice it was a robe or a garment when you put on a robe it covers your shoulders when you put on a robe it covers your chest when you put on a robe it goes all the way down covers your private parts when you put on a robe okay now they could have some new robes out there that I don't know about but the robes that I grew up with that's they, they came all the way down at least to your knees all right when you put on those type of robes and so he's teaching that you should cover yourself and not reveal yourself all right so it is important to understand this. And the Bible says in the book of Exodus, chapter number 28, starting at verse number 42, the Bible says, and thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness. Now, the scripture is highlighting here a couple words that we need to understand. Jesus, the Lord God is saying that they are naked. And he's saying, I don't want to see your nakedness, so we're going to cover up your nakedness. Okay? So God says, you're naked. And I want you to cover up your nakedness. So I need you to make linen britches. I love that word. I'm going to start using linen britches from now on, okay? I'm going to go put on my linen britches. I'll be right back. So he made them linen britches to cover their nakedness. And look where he made it, from their loins. Where's your loins? Your waist. And where did he have them cover it down to? Unto their thighs. Where does your thigh stop? Your knee. So he, God is saying right here that if you are showing anything up here above your knee that God considers it naked. He says, I want you to cover your nakedness because anything above here, I consider that to be naked. He was speaking to the high priest. That's why anything that I wear, I make sure that I'm covering at least all the way down to my knee. I make sure at all times, I make sure I'm covered at least down to my knee because I'm not trying to prove anything to you. I'm trying to make sure I'm right before God. And if God says when he sees my thighs, I'm naked, then I don't want a God to view me any other way but covered in the eyes of God. All right? And it's important to understand that, that this is not a church thing. It's a God thing. It's not an organization thing. It's a God thing. And we have too many people saying, well, this organization believes this and this organization believes that. How about we just all get back to the Bible? I don't care what organization you are. How about let's just read the Bible and see what the Bible says how we should live and what we should do. And then we just be obedient to the Bible. 
So the scripture says he covers your nakedness and, and, and that is dealing with high priests, right? And so many people say, well, we're not high priests anymore and that's Old Testament. Well, that's not true. You just have to read. And the Bible says in First Peter chapter number two, verse number nine, it says, but you are a chosen generation. Look at what he calls you, a what? Who is he talking to? He's talking to you and me. He calls us a royal priesthood. We have become the priests. So it's the same expectations for us as he had for the priests in the Old Testament. Because we are a royal priesthood. And what else are we? A holy nation. We're a holy nation. Why? Because we're peculiar people. And why are we peculiar? That we should show forth the praise of him that does what? Called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. So if you're in light, why would you even want to mingle with darkness? If you are called into the light, I want to let the world know that this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I believe that's a song, isn't it? That we used to sing growing up. And, and so Jesus has called us into this light. I want to make sure that I am a light for him, not for myself. So everything that you do, you should do to give glory to God. Because if not, then I'm doing things based on my own selfishness and what I want to do and how I want to live. But we need to make sure that we live according to the scripture. Amen. So that's what he's done. He's called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. You are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are peculiar people. If there was a time, uh, uh, I'm not going to say easier or because uh, that would be demeaning to any other generation. But if there was a time to stand up and be bold for Jesus Christ, that time is now. When we live in a world that is bold about every other, you can choose your gender. You can choose what bathroom you want to go in. You can, you can, you, 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 we have to be okay with everything. Everything's okay. So why is it not okay to be a Christian? Well, I thought I had a bunch of Christians in here, but maybe not. Why, why is it not okay to be a Christian? Why is it not okay for me to say the reason why I live this way is because I want to be pleasing to the Lord. The reason why I dress this way is because I want to be pleasing to the Lord. The reason why I don't go to those parties and clubs and drink all those things is because I want to be pleasing to the Lord. Why is it not okay to say that? It, it, it should be perfectly okay to say that if you can call yourself a furry. Only 50% of y'all know what that is. And some of y'all like, what is that? Don't worry about it. Go Google it when you get home. <laughs> Am I right? If you can do whatever you want to do and can nobody say nothing about it, if so, you can put it all on social media and have all type of backlash. Why is it not okay for a child of God to say, I'm a child of God? So why are you walking around disappointed because, well, I don't know about this and they talking about me because I don't do this and they talking about me. Who cares what they say? Look at what the world is doing. I would rather stay on this side of glory. Who cares? Oh, you can't say nothing about them, but it's okay for them to say something about you. You better check your heart. That's what you need to check. You don't need to check yourself or check your mind. You need to check your heart. Because if your heart is right, when people talk about me, I say, man, get out of here. I'm living for Jesus. I'm not living for you. You didn't wake me up this morning. You don't give me strength. You don't provide for me. It's God that provides for me. 
and I'm going to do everything I can to be pleasing to the Lord. So if he says, don't go left, I'm not going left. If he tells me to keep straight, I'm going to keep straight. And if he tells me to dress a certain way and be modest and not reveal myself to everybody, then I'm going to be modest. And I'm going to make sure I cover myself in an appropriate way that is pleasing unto God, not to man. I don't need to reveal myself to nobody except for my wife. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Let me wipe my forehead on that one. But that's it. Need nothing else. And, and, and so look what the scripture says. Look what he says. Look what he says. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 8, he says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up what? Holy hands. Without wrath. That means without anger without wrath and doubting in like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness with sobriety not with broaded hair or gold or pearls or costly array someone say that's what the bible says so stop telling folks that's what your church tell you to do that's what the bible says I'm telling you, somebody go walk out of here with a made up mind saying, I want to please the Lord and stop trying to adopt to a church culture or a church way and try to say, oh, it's apostolic or it's this denomination. That's a lie. That is something that the enemy has put in your head and said, no, this is what the Bible says. It's not about denominations. It's about what the Bible says. And so and and he says, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Now, now look what I wrote below. This is important. In this day, this text goes for who? Yeah, it goes for everybody. Mm -hmm. Because there's men putting on more makeup than women nowadays. There's men walking around. They got orange here and green here. They putting on all kind of stuff all over their face just to magnify and beautify them for themselves. No, God says, you don't need to do all that. Won't you love who you are? Won't you look in the mirror and appreciate who you are and love who you ain't got to cake yourself up with all kind of stuff just to beautify yourself. And let me tell you something right now. If you got to do all that for a man or for a woman, then that you, 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 you shouldn't be with that person anyway. If a boy doesn't love you for who you are and what you look like, then you need to move on to some other boy. If you literally have to transform yourself for somebody to say, oh, girl, you look nice. Well, wait till you take off all that stuff. Then they can be like, oh, girl, you put the filter back on, put the filter. I need the filter you, not the unfiltered you. See, that's a problem. Uh Uh-uh. You should love who you are. I'm telling you, you ought to love who you are. Love who, I'm going to say that again. Love who you are. Because if you love yourself, God will send you somebody to love you exactly the way you are. And to all my single women, I don't care what age you are right now. Don't let the enemy try to put into you that I don't know if I'll ever get a man. I don't know if I'll ever get a man. I don't know if he'll ever have it. That's a lie. And don't think you have to show yourself or reveal yourself or take off clothes to get a man. That's a lie. Because you're attracting the wrong man. That man don't love you for who you are. He just loves you for what he see. But, but I, I love my wife for who she was inside and out. And if something was to a- happen to her, it's so death do us part. For better, for worse. I'm going to still love her. 
Amen. I'm glad my wife doesn't have to do all that stuff and cake herself all up and put all that pain on her face for me to say, oh, girl, you look good. Because born on honeymoon, I'd have been disappointed. Well, see. Jesus, is this a trick? No, uh-uh. We having fun here, but you get what I'm saying? And this is a Bible thing. The Bible says that we ought to do this. Now, I know in this particular text and verse, he's talking about women, but we, well, come on, we live in a different day. This goes for both men and women. All right? You decorate yourself. Look, look what I say here. We should not be painting our face or putting on all kinds of jewelry just to feel beautiful. You shouldn't have to add stuff to yourself. Yeah, this is going to make me feel. Love who you are. Love who you are. Neither should you have to do those things to attract the attention of someone else. In this church, I've been teaching a little bit, just hitting it on every once in a while, on Jezebel. Right? Jezebel. Whenever you hear that term, that name, you should not want, want anything to attach yourself to Jezebel. All right? This may be going over some of your head. That's okay. Just, just hear what I'm saying right now. Don't, if Jezebel did it, you shouldn't want to do it. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. If Jezebel did it, you don't want to do it. But look what Jezebel did. Look what Jezebel did. Jezebel painted her face to grab the attention of a prophet. This is right before Jehu wrote letters and executed the order to have all the Ahab sons beheaded. I just preached about that. Just preached about that, right? Second Kings chapter nine, verse number 30. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. And she did what? She painted her face. She tied up her hair. She began to look out that window, say, hey, yeah, yeah. Here comes the prophet. Let me decorate myself so I can get his attention. And we know Jezebel wasn't trying to get his attention for love. She had a scheme. She had a plot. She had a plan. It is important to understand. Someone say love who you are. And everything we do, we strive to please, to be pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to please the church. Not to please the organization. We strive to please the Lord. It pains me to hear people say, well, these are church rules. Oh, this is what they told me to do. You do not belong to the pastor. You don't belong to me. You belong to the Lord. And the Lord has expectations for his people. So don't be lying on me saying these are church rules and these, this is what they told me to do. No, this is what I'm instructing you to do according to the Bible. I'm not up here saying these are Eddie Robinson's rules up here one-on-one. -on -one. Get it or get out. I, I would leave myself. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to be a part of my own church. Amen? But I do want to be a part of the kingdom of God. And when I get into the kingdom of God, God has changed my heart. And if my heart has changed, my ways are going to change. And I want to know what way to take. And if the Bible is telling me how to live, how to walk, how to talk, how to act, then I want to be obedient to that the best way I can. Now, are we going to make mistakes and mess up and do some dumb stuff? Sure we are. That's part of being human. That's just life. We're going to do that. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But when I get up that next day, I'm going to strive to live like the Lord. And I'm going to glorify God both in my spirit and in my body. Amen? 
So it's important. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Hold on. We didn't read that right. Wherefore come out among them and be ye separate, saith Pastor Robinson. Oh, it does say, saith the Lord, don't it? God expects us to be separate from the world. He expects a separation from you. That's what he expects out of all of us. So stop blending. Stop, stop trying to blend. There's, there's no purpose. Be in or out, but I choose in. I choose to be in. Are you with me, Brother Mike? I choose to be in. He says, saith the Lord, and he says, touch not the unclean thing, and I will do what? I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Well, can I keep teaching, or are y'all ready to? Is this okay? Because it's, it's 8 o'clock. I don't know if y'all ready to go home, and usually I stop at 8 o'clock, but. Is this all right? Can I go about 10 more minutes? This okay? Okay, 10 more minutes then. Don't hold me to that 10 minutes, May 11. Amen. The Bible teaches gender distinctions. Did you know that? The Bible teaches it. Now, our culture and our world is not teaching it. But the Bible does teach gender, gender distinction. All right? It teaches it. The Bible says in Genesis 1:27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Distinction right there. From the very beginning, there's a distinction. Not only are they biologically different, but they are also different in the way they think. Some, every man in here ought to say amen to that. My Lord, my Lord. I don't know what, what y'all be thinking sometimes. The way they think, the way they act. Now, somebody's like, oh, well, I don't want them to teach no more. <laughs> the way they think, the way they act, and the way they dress. This distinction is noted in every culture and society. There is always a cultural distinction between the way men and women dress, and these distinctions greatly enhance harmony of that society. That's why Deuteronomy 22 and 5 says the woman should not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Now, if you, don't, if you don't have this scripture verse memorized, first of all, memorize it. Secondly, I need you to underline, highlight, circle, pertaineth. Make sure you underline, highlight, circle. Because that, there's two words in this, in this, in, in this verse that, that, that are very important. One is pertaineth. The next one is abomination. Okay? People mess up this scripture because they remove the word pertaineth. Okay? Because they say a woman should wear women's clothes and a man should wear man's clothes. That's not what the scripture said. All right? That's not what the scripture said. Some of y'all looking at me like, yes, it does, Pastor. No, it don't. No, it doesn't. It says pertaineth. That changes the dynamic of this entire scripture. All right? It changes the dynamic of the entire scripture. It says, that which pertaineth unto a man. Then it says, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. All right? Well, let me just keep reading. I explain it all. 
Although we find many things listed in this chapter of Deuteronomy, okay, if you just go back and read Deuteronomy 22, you will see a lot of different things that we do not follow in this day and time. And many people make that argument. Well, what about all these things that are, that are in Deuteronomy chapter 22? We don't necessarily follow these things. Why do we choose verse number five? I hear it all the time. And it boils down to, I just want to follow the Lord. I just want to live modest. I just want to be pleasing to God because I would rather do something extra and be right than not be, than not do it and be wrong. When it comes to living for the Lord, I would rather go the extra mile than try to tiptoe around and try to get as close as I can to being right. Am I making sense here, church? I may not be, that may not be your heart, but that's my heart. I would rather go the extra mile when it comes to the things of the Lord. Okay, so there's a lot of things in Deuteronomy 22. You can say, well, preacher, well, preacher, what about this? Or what about this? What about this? Hey, I, 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 I can't say a lot of those things or even explain a lot of those things. But there's one thing that stands out to me that if you read Deuteronomy chapter 22, you will only see the word abomination one time. Go back and read it for yourself if you want to fact check me. Read the entire chapter. The word abomination is only one time in one verse, and it's right here. So if God says he hates something, then I'm going to do everything I can to stay away from what God hates. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting even close to that. I'm going to do everything I can to say, oh, if you hate the, if you hated it then, well, I believe you go hate it now because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right? So although we find all these things, like Deuteronomy 22 and 9, I gave that example. Thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with diverse seeds, lest the fruit of thy seed which thou hast sown and the fruit of thy vineyard be defiled. That, that's right, you're just mixing it all up. That's, that's an example here. Right? About half of us will walk out of here saying, well, <laughs> that's me. But none of these verses in this chapter carry the weight like verse number 5. Because it is the only verse that has the word abomination. Abomination means the, this, this means God hates it. If there is something that God says he hates, why come even close to upsetting the Lord with my lifestyle choice? Notice the scripture says, which pertaineth unto a man. This means anything that resembles a man or that, has, that was meant for a man or causes one to relate to the look of a man. I don't want anything where I could cause the Lord to look on me and say, no, uh, 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 I don't like that. That's why I thank the Lord that, that our women in this church choose to wear dresses and choose to have skirts on and choose those things. Why? Because you're doing the best you can to make sure you stay away from wearing anything that even pertains to a man. Why? Because it's just a form of modesty. It's a form that I'm trying to be obedient to God so that when I walk out into the world, they'll know I'm trying to be a light unto God. I'm not talking about your pajama pants and all your little workout things. You be in your bike and doing all this stuff and you doing all that stuff around your house. That's in your house. You do whatever you want to do in your house. Okay? But don't be taking a, a selfie and posting on Instagram talking about check me out. Oh, y'all got quiet on that one. Look, y'all got quiet. Y'all got real quiet. I got, I got them right there. Uh-huh. I got you. No, 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 no. But when I go out into the world to show my light, I want to make sure I'm doing things appropriate according to the scripture. 
Notice the scripture says it, not Pastor Robinson. The scripture that says it, not Pastor Robinson. So in the New Testament, Peter quoted the Leviticus commandment. I got two more minutes. To be holy, thus making the pursuit of holiness a New Testament uh, as well as an Old Testament aim. 1 Peter 1, verse number 15 says this, But as he which have called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. This holy way is not a church membership expectation. This holy way is not a church membership expectation. And if you say that, you're wrong. If you think that, you're wrong. If anybody says that to somebody else that comes to this church, I will have a conversation with you. As soon as I hear about it, I'm going to have a conversation with you. Because it's not an expectation for the church. It's a God expectation. And we ought to live to please him, not me. We had kids when I was coming up, they would dress one way going out the house and have a whole change of clothes in their backpack. And as soon as they got to school, they... and then as soon as they got off the bus to come back home, why? Because it wasn't in their heart. And they were doing something trying to please people instead of trying to please God. When you have a heart to please God, I'm telling you, When you have a heart to please God, are you hearing me, church? It doesn't matter what people say about you or do to you because I'm trying to please the Lord. And I'm living this way to please the Lord. And I want to get into the kingdom of God. What do you have to do? You got to repent of your sins. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Woo, there may be somebody here today. You want to repent of your sins. You got to be. That, those are the keys. That's what the Bible says. That's not what Pastor Robinson made up. That's what scripture. You got to repent. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then I'm telling you, God will give you a new heart. You'll have a new way about you, a new walk about you. And God will begin to change your ways. And I will live a holy life. That holiness will begin to start on the inside and work on the outside. That fruit will begin to bear on the outside. I'm telling you, God will change everything about you. Why? Because you're wanting to be pleasing unto the Lord if your desire is to be pleasing to the Lord come on let's stand to our feet right now put those papers down to the side let's lift our hands unto the Lord come on open up your mouth and lift your voice and say Lord give me a desire to be pleasing unto you give me a desire Lord to be pleasing unto you